0: Hello America and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's our podcast. Got a great one for you today. All the coverage that you need on uh, on what happened uh, in New Hampshire yesterday. Also, there's a new name for the coronavirus because we found out now that WHO is very concerned that uh, coronavirus just sounds... Too scary, and is going to people are going to start demonizing the Chinese. So we're going to give we don't we're not working on a cure yet, uh, but they do have a new name for us, and uh, we're going to give that to you today in the podcast. Also, I realized that you know that grumpy old man that used to live and used to yell at you all the time, you know, as a kid that never seemed to ever die or get older. He was just always old. It's Bernie
1: Sanders, <laughs> and I'll explain my theory on today's podcast. And not, don't forget to uh, sign up and subscribe to uh, Stu Does America. It's available now uh, in podcasts everywhere. Uh, if you're in the podcast app, click over and subscribe to it right now. And, of course, don't forget, tonight is the big uh, debut but of the of the for- new format of the TV show, yeah, Hour Long.
0: Hour Long, and it is a deep dive on the issues of the day. Today, we look in China and the Too Close for Comfort... Uh, uh, relationship between China and the Bidens.
1: You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: It uh, came out very much like Iowa did. Uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, Pete Buttigieg slugging it out for number one and number two. Uh, I, I thought these numbers spoke volumes. Uh, the America, the Democrats don't want a socialist. You'll notice that Elizabeth Warren, her numbers went down. Bernie Sanders didn't pick any of those numbers up. Amy Klob- Klobuchar clobbered uh, uh, Joe Biden. And Pete Buttigieg is being viewed as a moderate, even though he's not. You start to get rid of Joe Biden uh, and uh, and Michael Bloomberg or, you know, Amy Klobuchar. You get rid of the so-called moderates. And Pete Buttigieg would have clubbed Bernie, just clubbed him to death. Uh, and to me, that's something that we need to to talk about. Also, there's something else the media is missing. Donald Trump more than doubled Obama's 2012 New Hampshire vote total. There was not a lot of passion for uh, Barack Obama in 2012. He still won, but there wasn't a lot of passion. Donald Trump has doubled those numbers in in uh, New Hampshire. That says the people who are for Donald Trump are on fire for Donald Trump. The turnout for the youth, uh, what was it, eighteen to thirty-year-olds, was actually down by two or three points uh, from uh, from the 2016 election. They expected it to be twenty points higher. There is no revolution going on here. This is not a. This is not a big socialist revolution it's happening in the twitter sphere it's happening online it's happening on msnbc but it is not happening in our communities when new hampshire isn't even putting 10 or 15 points in front of pete buddha judge we go to steve dace uh, from the uh, Steve Dace uh, program here on Blaze. He follows this program live every day. Wanted to see and and get his feel on what happened in New Hampshire last night. Hi, Steve.
2: Morning, Glenn. And, you know, the big takeaway I see is the winning vote total Bernie Sanders had compared to what we've seen in recent cycles when there's been multi-candidate fields like what Sanders did four years ago is irrelevant because it was just him and Hillary head to head correct but if you if you go back to 1996 you'll see a pattern and that is whenever the winning vote total is depressed uh in its overall amount that party loses Buchanan in 96 won New Hampshire with less than 57,000 votes for example Uh, and then if you go back and it doesn't really matter who wins like McCain won New Hampshire in 2000 But his vote total was over 115,000. And then you saw George W. Bush ultimately win that election. So whichever party has a surge in the vote total of its winner, Donald Trump was well over 100,000 back in 2016, for example, whichever party sees a surge in the vote total of its winner in New Hampshire tends to go on and win in November. And what you're looking at with, with Bernie Sanders is what I was telling you back in Iowa. This is 2012, but there's no Mitt Romney. They, they thought that was going to be Joe Biden, and and they don't have that candidate right now. And so Bernie Sanders is winning, pardon the Soviet pun, a bunch of Stalin grads here. He's winning wars of attrition because his base shows up no matter what while everybody else is sort of figuring out, hey, who else are we going to go with? Is it Rick Santorum? Is it Michelle Bachman? Is it Rick Perry? Well, now the names are Pete Buttigieg and, and Elizabeth Warren uh, and Amy Klobuchar, who nobody knew what a Klobuchar was a month ago. So big picture takeaway for your audience, they've got uh, the left media and the Democratic Party has between now and Super Tuesday on March 3rd to take him out. If you go to the calendar on Super Tuesday, there's a lot of Southern states there that Pete Buttigieg has no chance to win, all right? And so if Bernie Sanders wins, just as New England states and California, he's going to be the nominee, and you're going to see them begin to start making peace with it and retconning him. Uh, from March 4th thereafter. But between him now and March 3rd, uh, it is open season on Bernie Sanders, and they've got to come up with a candidate that they can rally behind that's not him.
0: Do you think that's Pete
2: Buttigieg? No. I think Pete Buttigieg is largely a a fascinate—the same people that voted—the same white suburbanites and exurbanites who voted for Barack Obama without knowing what a Jeremiah Wright was or vetting his record— because they wanted to break the racial barrier is who's voting for him now because they want to, he's the virtue signaling candidate of this cycle. They just want to say, hey, I'm not homophobic. Uh, But if you look at the college campus communities and those places, uh, the urban areas, he doesn't have a lot of support there. And now we're going to go to South Carolina. He has no chance to win there. And then from there, we go, other than the Nevada caucuses, there's going to be a lot of southern states here. A lot of uh, black voters who are socially conservative. He's a no-go, no-fly zone right away. And I think you're going to see him remain relevant because of what he's already done. But but there's not too many states between now and Super Tuesday that when you look at the calendar, you think, yeah, I think Pete Buttigieg could win there.
0: So, so who is there? Because I, I just – I'm watching Amy Klobuchar – she is just not somebody who's going to win. I mean, I watched her last night give her her speech, and it's just—I just don't see a a
2: president Klobuchar. So who is it? I think that's the problem. I don't think there is a logical one. I think Michael Bloomberg. You know, I mentioned to you this uh, a few weeks ago. I think his play was for Super Tuesday to start, to see if I can buy a pr- primary wins in places like Oklahoma and etc. with huge massive television buys. And but the problem is, you know, he's he's a he was a terrible Republican. He's an even worse Democrat. He's not an inspirational figure at all. He's he's even more socially awkward than Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. This is why I think he is this is why I've been I've been tweeting out for the last couple of weeks, Glenn. This this is Thanos. I am inevitable. I believe Bernie Sanders is inevitable because everything you just said about the Democratic Party is true, but that's why he's inevitable, Glenn. They have played footsie with the likes of Bernie Mm -hmm. Sanders and these folks Mm -hmm. to club people like you and me for 30 damn years. Mm -hmm. And And now the camel's nose is not under the tent. The whole torso, the tail, the backside, it's all in the tent now. And they have and they can't figure out how to consolidate a, a true ideological moderate would crush him, but they're not capable as a party of of permitting one. I mean, Andrew Yang put out one moderate position on abortion twenty-four hours ago and was excommunicated yeah. uh, by the you know by the White Woke Brigade. And so everybody we call a moderate, I mean Pete Buttigieg wrote in college his political idol was Bernie Sanders. All right. So everybody we call a moderate is actually a leftist too. They just don't Nikita Khrushchev shake their fist at you like Bernie Sanders does. So, but isn't that is a, why?
0: Isn't that a reason why Pete Buttigieg could do well because he is that he is that leftist, uh, and uh, but he just is an in much softer, nicer, younger packaging.
2: Yes, if he were a, if he were governor Buttigieg or senator Buttigieg, but the problem we have right now is if, if we're if we're going to be blunt. The only reason the mayor of the town as big as Cedar Rapids, Iowa, is in this race is because he's gay. And that right now is the number one intersectionality victim group in the Democratic Party. And so that's gotten him where he's at now. But now we reach where we go where the map pivots south, and we go to that's the biggest argument against him. And so what got him in the door in Iowa and New Hampshire, it made a whole bunch of people say, yes, I finally get to convince uh, MSNBC, I'm not a homophobe, is now what is, is is too expensive of a cover charge for him to pay to go into the bar from South Carolina, Alabama, and all those states down south between now and Super Tuesday. His biggest strength becomes his biggest impediment.
0: So I, I have a different view on Pete Buttigieg and people and, the, you know, hey, I'm not a homophobe. I think that's already been decided. I think that's over, uh, um, you know, for the most part, except with the real diehard extremists um and and it's kind of like had its day and we you know we've all accepted everybody and yada 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 it's not that's that that is not the noose it used to be um you say one thing wrong and it used to be an absolute noose now it's kind of divided i think on the left To where uh, there are others that are saying, you know, why are you getting all the special details and the special laws and the special everything? So I think there's I think there's the um, there's it's a double edged sword sword inside of his own quiver of, yes, he's gay. But, yes, is he is he an extremist uh, like, you know, like we have seen in the past? Um, And so I think there's it, it works both ways on that. I really think Pete Buttigieg is uh the the Jimmy Carter of this generation. He is he could go a long way just being the anti-Trump. Look, can't we all get along? Can't we? Nobody cared about Jimmy Carter except he's just a simple peanut farmer and he you know, he was a preacher and he just loves the Lord and he'll carry his own luggage he's not like that evil (laughs) Nixon and Ford I I think there's a swing and the swing that I think people are uh, hungry for is a don't be Donald Trump and they've beaten people and beaten people and beaten people and I think there's a chance that even they are seeing I don't want that divisiveness I don't want the Nancy Pelosi and the and the just beating people over the head. I want to win, but I would like a uniter, not a divider. And I think that if Pete plays it right, and I think he did last night in many ways. If he plays it right on, "Hey, I'm just I'm just I just want us all to come together." I think that could be effective for him. Disagree?
2: Uh, somewhat. I think you're correct about the rivalry within the Democratic Party. Uh, and, you know, the same week that we had the first gay marriage, ruling really, from the Supreme Court, they struck down the Voting Rights Act of 1964. And what a lot of people uh, on the right don't know is the intraparty dynamic on the left. There's a massive problem between uh, between uh, the the homosexual activists and, and the black community, because mm-hmm. it, it is seen as if this group has put them, pardon the pun again, to the back of the bus here yep. on the intersectionality chart. Yep. If Pete Buttigieg is the Democratic nominee, mark my words, Donald Trump is going to get the best voting total of blacks by a Republican presidential nominee since before the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Okay,
0: mark my words. All right, okay? so ha- hang on just a second. I want to come back in in one minute because I want to ask you, the road to not having Bernie Sanders uh, is a dicey one, especially if the Democratic Party doesn't it knows what you just said which i believe uh then what then how do they manage this and what is the what's the aftermath we'll go to uh so steve let me start with the question uh of how does the democratic party which i completely agree with you i found some old audio we should play that today uh found some old audio of me in 2004 Warning the Democratic Party. Once they put Michael Moore in the presidential box with uh, Jimmy Carter in 2004, I said, you people are out of your mind. He's a socialist. You think you're using him. He's using you. He's going to come back and the socialist will eat you for breakfast. And you watch. And here we are. How do they untangle themselves from these very dedicated radicals revolutionaries uh and hold things together
2: i don't think that they can i think i think you know to to quote uh the former president's uh uh, leftist uh pastor their chickens are coming home to to roost when yep yeah i i think eventually you know do not be deceived god will not be mocked you will always reap what you sow right and i think that You're watching this now, and I don't think there's a way out of this because their only real inspiring alternative is a guy that actually exposes the wedges of their constituencies all the more. If you look at all of the black and brown polling in this race, even down to the college age kids where they've been totally worked over by the sexual revolution, the lowest polling candidate of all black and brown peoples of any age group is Pete Buttigieg. And so when you put him as the alternative, you're actually exposing this schism and fracture all the more. That's why I don't think they have a way out of this.
0: So you think they're going to run uh, Bernie Sanders?:
2: I think're going to I think they're either going to run Bernie Sanders, and if we look at the primary calendar between now and March at the end, and the end of Super Tuesday, tell me what states, maybe Colorado, maybe Virginia. And that's about it of those 14 states that are going to be going between now and March 3rd, that Pete Buttigieg can win. If Bernie wins New England, those the rest of those New England states, California, you know, I, I, if he wins California and they don't give him the nomination, that's their, oh, that's yeah. their headquarters. Yeah, no. So I, I think I think they've got a couple of weeks to try to figure out some kind of hairy Hail Mary pass. And then I think you're going to see them just begin to make peace with it because they recognize – Go back to the first interview you and I did on this cycle back in January of a year ago, and I said the biggest challenge Democrats have is they want to run the election of 2028 and 2032, Mm -hmm. but we're not there yet demographically. Mm -hmm. And so they may just decide, you know what, we'll eat it like we did with McGovern. We'll eat it you know, like we have in other cycles, because ultimately we know that we're controlling the arc and trajectory of the Overton window in history here. And once Donald Trump is gone, there is not another Republican who dares— to stand against us on this cultural level because they're all afraid of our media. My guess is that's the play they make beginning on March 4th if they can't take Bernie out. So
0: you think they're still confident in the long run? Because I, I I will tell you, it, with the exception of the demographic the demographic shift here, uh, and that also will play against them soon because you see the, the ones coming behind the millennials are very conservative, very active, uh, and are are learning what they should be learning. I think we have a new generation of conservatives coming up um, that are unlike anything else. You think that the Democrats are still uh, confident in this in this socialist future?
2: I think the ones that are coming in the next generation are, and it's their religion. And they're going to play out um, this self-actualization into its ultimate outcome. That's what I think.
0: Thank you so much, Steve Dace. You can uh, get all of his analysis uh, following this program every day on Blaze TV and Blaze Radio. And don't forget, tonight, 9 p.m., a brand new series starring, yes, little old me. Tonight, China and Joe Biden. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. All right, let me give you some um, let me give you some good news. First of all, on the coronavirus, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all of the details on the coronavirus uh, here in just a second uh, at the bottom of the hour. But I want to start with this because this is I mean, when you think of coronavirus, what is it that you have been most concerned about? On the coronavirus,
1: I mean, just the massive spread and dying. I would say that'd be kind of number one on the list. What was number two? I,
0: uh, I, it was pretty much just the one Well, this I, shows how out of step Stu is. Mm-hmm. The number one concern on the coronavirus is that it is something that is targeting the Asian community. Its name. Apparently, according to the WHO, uh, is making people look at that and saying, oh, this is an Asian problem. And they're afraid that racism will uh, uh, pop up and there'll be all kinds of problems because of how Asian it sounds. To me, I think anybody who's not paying attention to it would think that it's a Mexican beer virus. Yeah. Uh, And that's been shown in search results. Well, well. Uh, overshadowing the human toll, you know, in actual death, is the human toll of racism. So yesterday, the uh, the uh, coronavirus has officially had its name changed to a now politically correct name that has taken the word corona and disease and put them together. So it's now COVID nineteen. You will not be hearing on this program. We are not haters. <laughs> you will not be hearing about the coronavirus. You will be now hearing about COVID nineteen. That is the official name, and it has nothing to do with China. Pay no attention to China, you ha- haters. <laughs> That's a serious story. Serious story.
1: Well, I mean, it, uh, how how on earth
0: do we get through we, these things? We don't. We don't. We deserve. Mm-hmm. To die of little Chinaman disease, you can call it whatever you want covid 19 coronavirus bat soup is bad for you disease whatever we deserve it if we are more concerned about what we're naming it that's po- I mean that's real political correctness right oh, yeah, that's 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 you know that's our special next uh, next Wednesday. Uh, next Wednesday we're doing COVID-19. Uh, and the, the real theme of the show is big governments kill. That's what they do. And sometimes they do it with compassion, but they kill because big governments only care about the mass and look at what's happening in China. And this is an example of it. COVID-19 you are spending. Can you work on a cure? Who is like, you know what? Put the scalpel down, put the test tubes down for a minute. Can we talk about the name? The name is scaring me. Who is saying that? Okay, let me give you some good news. How does it feel to you this fight against socialism in America? This fight against racism in America. Does it feel like we're winning? We're making
1: progress? It seems like the party's going further and further left. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a degree that was almost unthinkable. I mean, we've used this example before, but Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders in 2013 proposed Medicare for All and mm-hmm. could not get a single co-sponsor mm-hmm. on the bill. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone in the race, the 50,000 people who ran, mm-hmm. are pretty much on, on on board. All right. And it
0: seems like Bernie Sanders and all of the Democrats, they're all socialists. All of them are socialists, Right. Socialist. Seems like Seems it. Seems like it. They're, they're, at least, they're at least holding on to the socialist truck on a skateboard. Though they're, they're just, you know, they're skating behind that truck. Right? Uh, let me give you, from 1958, and these numbers are 1958, 1983, 2007, 2015, 2020. Gallup poll. The percentage that would vote for a person who is black... I'm going to give you this, the, the raw American numbers. In 1958, it was 38%. That's remarkable. In 1983, it was 77%. Today, it's or uh, then, I'm sorry, 2007, 94. Then in 2015,
1: 92. Then in 2020, 96. And to be clear, the 92 is just because there was a black president that half the country didn't like. Yes. Right. So right. It, it degrades a little bit just Correct. on on that. Catholic, I'm just going to give you the the
0: 1958 number to the 2020 number. Catholic, 67% would vote for a Catholic in 1958. Uh 95% would vote for a Catholic now. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Hispanic, we didn't even poll it in 1968, uh but it is now 94%. Mm-hmm. Jewish, 63% to 93. Women, n- uh, 54% to 93. Evangelical Christian. They didn't poll it until twenty fifteen. Seventy-three to now eighty. So hmm. now let me let me help you out here. Mm-hmm. Black, Catholic, Hispanic, Jewish women, all in the nineties. Evangelical Qu- Christian is thirteen points behind any of those others. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's not the right doing that. No. Mm. No. Uh gay and lesbian tolerance though, Glenn. Gay and lesbian started taking that in nineteen eighty three. 29 percent, then in 2007, 55, then 2015, 74, now 78. Under 40, we've never pulled it until now, under 40 is 70. Over
1: 70. It's a short, I mean, because got, you has got to be 35 in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a short little window there. It's yep. right in the middle of it. Over 70, only
0: 69 percent of Americans want to vote for somebody over 70. Muslim. 66 atheist 60 the last one is socialist 45
1: now let me still really high but i I, think you're giving me that as uh, good
0: news right yeah i'm giving this to you as good news Mm -hmm. okay still really high but willingness to vote for candidates with diverse characteristics by party id okay The views of political independence, I'm reading directly from the research. Now, wait until you hear this. The views of political independents fall midway between those of Republicans and Democrats for several candidate types, including socialist, with less than half of independents saying that they would vote for such a person. Independents are closer to Democrats than Republicans in their greater reluctance to support an evangelical Christian candidate, in the greater willingness to support a candidate who is a woman, gay, lesbian, somebody under 40, a Muslim or an atheist. As the uh, 2020 Democratic presidential primaries get underway, listen to this. It may be instructive to know that little prejudice stands in the way of Democrats, as well as national support for candidates who happen to be Catholic, Hispanic, Jewish or female, especially young or advanced in age, could pose minor appeal problems. Being gay or lesbian, Muslim, atheist or a socialist wouldn't cause much stir among Democrats. But these candidates could have difficulty attracting support from Republicans and to a lesser extent from political independence. So who has the problem here? Republicans, clearly or Republicans, Republicans. Right. Let me give this to you. You're going to have little pre- prejudice uh you're going to be facing a little prejudice uh if you are uh running for the Democrats. Republicans aren't going to stand in your way, but there is some prejudice there. Uh, if you happen to be Catholic, 95 is the number for Republicans saying that they would vote for a Catholic out of 100, 95. Hispanic, 90, Jewish, 92, or female, 86. Uh especially if you're young or advanced in age. 73 is for advanced age, okay? Republicans, 73. That number for Democrats is 66. So you're going to pose some opposition from attracting a Republican. Uh, They're at 73% acceptance. You're at 66. Then... (sighs) You're going to have real problems if you're gay or lesbian, because this is real. It won't cause a stir among the Democrats, Mm-mm. but uh, these candidates are going to have a really hard time attracting anybody because they're so diverse. Uh, but anybody else, if you're a Republican, you're a bigot being gay or lesbian. That's at 89%. Let's see uh, if you were Catholic. It was 95 for the Republicans, Hispanic, 90, Jewish, 92 female 86 being gay or lesbian uh is uh 89 muslim 88 atheist 69 socialist 76 all of their numbers are lower than the ones that, was, that they were saying earlier are going to really cause a problem it's very divisive <laughs> right. and these people won't do it their number they're more bigoted than, than the Republicans are <laughs> on the things that they say they're all for gay, lesbian, Muslim, atheist, socialist 76% the, the point that I get out of this is there is not a big movement for socialism there is not a there is not this grand divide except beginning with evangelical Christians Both sides with gay and lesbian, both sides under the age of 40, both sides over 70. Uh, One side really, I mean, it's 42 to 88 for Muslim, atheist 41 to 69, and socialist 17 for the Republicans and 76. Uh,
1: for the Democrats,
0: but only 45 for independents. Even that, though, is remarkable. O-
1: almost a one out of every five Republicans is fine with a socialist president. I know, that's crazy. I mean, that's an incredible that's crazy. number. Uh, it really is. I- it- it's interesting, too, that divide where you have characteristics, uh, religion, or lack thereof sort of grouped together because there is a difference there, right? Like saying you won't vote for someone because of black skin is a really I mean psychotic old-timey view. Mm-hmm. Uh the idea that you wouldn't vote for someone because of their religion well religion is is largely a, a collection of beliefs that informs the way you act, right? That's a much more now I don't I don't you know there's always someone, right? Like but if you if you were to say like atheist a lot of people would not that was one of the least popular ones on mm-hmm. there to take mm-hmm. that as an example. And you might say to yourself, well atheism is is a, a system of beliefs uh that might not lend itself to uh support my view of religious liberty right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. we all know we met i mean PenGillette gillette is a would be a big defender of religious liberty mm-hmm. and he's an atheist but we've all met atheists that would do that but yeah. that's not necessarily inherent in the ideology in a way what is a religion but an ideology right right so uh when it, at least as it applies to public policy so it's a, it's a big difference there and they lump all that stuff together And it's an interesting thing that is always included in these polls because it really does, I think, for a lot of people, it's going to indicate how someone would act. Because you know that's how you would act, right? Like, if you have a religious foundation, it sets the foundation for the way that you deal with whatever issue you're talking about, Um, where skin color should not be that way. And yet the left treats skin color that way, you know— They talk about how important uh, every cultural difference is and how that is inherent. Like, skin color, it's not inherent in that at all. No. That's not the way that's supposed to be. No.
0: No. But the good news is, I think, if you saw last night, Bernie's numbers are not turning out. No. They're not turning out. There is a revolution going on, but it is a very small group of people. It's not what you are led to believe by the press. It is still small, uh, it, it, but it's it's uncommonly large for America to be seeing this. But it's still a small number, and it's being foisted upon us by a very small group of, quite honestly, very powerful because they are connected, uh, very powerful forces in our universities and in uh, television and broadcast. But it's only feeling like we're overwhelmed by socialists because the Democrats are being overwhelmed by socialists. They have let this small group of, of rebels, uh, uh, America haters, constitutional uh, imbeciles take over. And that's why you feel it's choking, because it's choking them to death. If you're a Democrat, you you really need to wake up, uh, because it's choking your party to death, and it's a small number of people doing it. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. So do you remember that old man that lived down the street that all of us kids were afraid of? And you would sometimes you would add maybe five or six minutes to your walk home just to take just to take the route that didn't pass his house. You know, you would opt for the house with a Rottweiler that was on a chain and the chain looked a little rickety and uh, there was a big hole in the fence in the shape of a former classmate. You remember that house? You'd walk by that house because that old man was sitting in that house and it was like he was waiting for you. He was just waiting. His door seemed to always be just a little open, just a little bit of a crack. He was like ready to pounce when you walked by, and he was he was old when our parents were our age. He was the guy that our parents were like, "Oh, I remember, I remember cranky old Mister Wilson." You'd be like, "He was old then, yo, yeah." He'd come out and yell at you, and he's still doing it. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's another guy that's a vampire or a Highlander. Or, I don't know what it is, but that guy won in New Hampshire last night. New Hampshire. Because you know Bernie Sanders, after he gave his speech, he wanted to get into the car and he was, you know, firing up the old Buick. And he was like, oh, why aren't there any dials on the on the radio anymore? Why are there dials? And he couldn't hear, he couldn't figure out how to get the radio reports on how he won and everybody in the car was like, radio, what is that? It's the same guy. That same guy that would yell at you all the time and you would see him and he would be in shorts and black socks and he'd have black shoes on but they were like the really high knee socks that, you know, only old guys in suits would wear and You can't imagine him in a suit because, I mean, did they have suits back when he was a kid? When he was working? That had to be, what, a hundred years ago? And now he's like, these shoes are comfortable. These are the shoes everybody should have. It's Bernie. He was trying to get everybody to wear those comfortable shoes because they never wear out. I bought these shoes back in 1954. They never have worn out. Everybody should only wear these shoes. And you can borrow my socks. No, 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 no. You ruffians in your, in your tennis sneakers. You'd come, you'd come to his house if you were brave or if you were the new kid that moved into the block or you were just stupid. You would go to his house on, on Halloween and he'd open the door. What do you want? It's Halloween. We're all dressed as... And then you'd see him in the happy mode. He'd look at the kids and he'd be like happy. I mean, you wouldn't know it because his face didn't change. And he would still say, I got nothing and slam the door. And you know, you know that that guy is the guy who wants the big government because if you were ever playing baseball, if you were ever playing kickball, any of that stuff, that was the guy who was like, you kids, I'm calling your parents. I know your parents, and they're not going to like it. Yeah, because they're scared of you too. So you know he was the guy that wanted rules, on everything, He is the guy. He was a progressive. He had to be. He wanted everything. I'm calling the cops on you. I'm walking down the street. I'm whistling. No whistling around my house. And when you were there on Halloween and he closed the door, I got nothing. Poof, door closed. You know he was walking back to his one chair with a lone TV in the room. And he's eating a TV dinner. And he's like, everybody, these kids, they all want free stuff. That's Bernie Sanders, man. That is who won last night in New Hampshire. The guy who's going back to his TV dinner alone, watching that TV and that old ratty chair that is comfortable in my comfortable shoes and everybody should wear these black comfortable shoes and stop knocking at my door for free stuff. And yet he's promising everyone somebody else's stuff for free. Thus endeth the lesson. I thought I would just pop that in today because I realized it last night when he was happy, and yet he looked angry, and I thought, I've seen him before. That's Mr. Wilson. Yeah, there's only one guy. He was in your childhood, our parents' childhood, and now he wants to be president of the United States. That's all there is to it. Uh, By the way, uh, Klobuchar uh, is now going to expand her campaign after a strong New Hampshire primary. Uh,
1: She sucked. Uh, Did you see her her speech? I think she's really bad. (laughs) Yeah. You know, she has a great resume. She has a great electoral history. She pretty much blows everybody out everywhere she's ever been. Okay. well, But she she also says, I mean, if I have to hear one more time mm-hmm. that she announced her campaign in a snowstorm i'm going to right? jump off of a building i thought it was just me it, oh, she says it every I, time You're why like, why do we care what the weather was when you started talking about your campaign why would it why on earth would we care about that you live in minnesota of course it was snowing there's no other options get off my lawn in the <laughs> snow get off my lawn it's really annoying, and she has she's very bad at the. She does a Kamala Harris did this too, where they come up with these lines, in, you know, on the bus or in their focus groups or whatever that they think are really really effective, and they continually repeat them over and over again in every media appearance, every time you see them, every time she walks out, she says something like, "I may be Klobuchar, and I'm gonna be Donald Trump," right? Just like oh, and you're like oh. oh. Can she, I mean, can you even attempt to say it like a human being would say it? Can you even <laughs> try? Or, you know, I'm sorry. I I have no problem. I have no problem
0: voting for a woman. I would have voted for, uh, um, oh, what's her?
1: She Hillary Clinton.
0: Heels and the. Oh, in
1: uh, the, for um, you. Kamala Harris. No. <laughs> um, I know you. No, you, you know uh, the woman. Uh, Melda Marcos. The woman.
0: No. Uh No. Carly Fiorina. Yes, I would have voted for Carly Fiorina in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Okay. I really liked Carly. Okay. I think she was a real constitutional conservative. Didn't sound like it at the beginning, but I think she really was. And she had the guts to do it. I loved her. I loved her. Um, but, you know, there, there, there is there is something about some women, just like some guys. You know, mm-hmm. you, you listen to some guys and you're like, their voice just grates on me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people that have radio shows that didn't last long in radio show because their voice just grates on you. Klobuchar is one of those people. Hillary Clinton was one of those people where it's just like, I'm
1: going to tell you right now.
0: That's all you hear. That's all you hear. That's not necessarily the way they sound. What you hear is,
1: <laughs> "I'm gonna tell you to pick up your socks." This is the sexism yes. we've been talking about. Yes, no, but I mean Elizabeth Warren. I think, and again, we're naming every female candidate here. No, Kamala Harris didn't have that.
0: I no, don't think. Kamala Harris doesn't um, have that. No, uh,
1: uh, I, we, and we, I don't think. I think Elizabeth Warren has something else different. I think she has. She has almost like a, It's almost like a, a a teenaged puberty male voice. She, it's almost cracking. It's got that, Hi, Elizabeth Warren. She almost has that thing going on, which is a very strange So is it like a
0: Catherine Hepburn
1: thing? Is it like, Pretty
0: old poop? Is it kind of like that? It's...
1: Yeah. Possibly. So that's what I would
0: like Elizabeth Warren to say. If she got into a debate, she should mm-hmm. just use all the old Catherine Hepburn lines from like on
1: Golden Pond. Where, hey, old <laughs> poop, <Just laughs> stop it now. It's working better than what she's doing now. <laughs> anything would. Well, anything would. Anything would. But there is that. And, and look, this happens uh, for a lot of people. It's, it is, it's a, I, I mean, women will say that it's sexist. But I, you know, I you, I you look at it, and I bet no, I mean, Barack you that no, split. Barack
0: Obama had the same kind of thing, except he had it with catchphrases that would drive you yeah. out of your mind
1: but after a while. You can, he was better at least at pulling them off. Every every candidate says similar lines at different speeches, and they everybody has their go to phrasing. There's something about Klobuchar though; it's very stilted. She she know like she's memorized the way she thinks it's supposed to sound, which is not the right way, and she repeats it the same way every single time, and that is really irritating. Stilted. How can you tell next to Elizabeth Warren? Oh, and Warren is. I the mean, same Warren way, is. Though. She's bad like that. Warren
0: too. is like a grandmother that wants all of the teenagers to love her, mm. and she's not like that cool grandma or that <laughs> right. cool grandpa that is just like everybody does love you. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, she's really trying. She tries too hard. And so you're like, okay, okay, creepy lady, uh, that's enough. You know, I'm just hip with you kids, too. <laughs> Hello, I'm just, fellow kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, those are snazzy sneaks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know? And she thinks she's being cool. That's yes. the problem with Elizabeth Warren, for me, is she's
1: trying so hard. So hard. So hard. So hard. Uh, and I don't understand, I mean, It does feel like the Klobuchar, the Clomentum that we're seeing. The Clomentum, I Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that is. Because now we don't have Joe Mentum. No. Joe Mentum is. uh, Joe Mentum is done. Crashed and burned. Yeah. The Joe Mentum ran out over the ocean, unfortunately, and crashed into the the sea.
0: I have a feeling the Joe Hmm. Biden, uh, and it's appropriate, uh, but the Joe Biden uh, career is going to be remembered a little like the Hindenburg. In the end. Yeah. Sure, it might have been great floating around for a while, but once it got over its target, (laughs) it just burst into
2: flames.
1: It's true, though, and I think Klobuchar almost benefits from being so bad for so long. Mm -hmm. Like Beto, for example, comes out, and he has his big run and then falls apart. Kamala Harris has a big run and then falls apart. Elizabeth Warren has a big run and falls apart. All these people had these rises... And then falls. Well, Klobuchar was smart. She never had the rise. Yeah,
0: she just didn't do Look, anything I'm for just, six months. I'm not better. <laughs> I'm not worse. I'm just exactly the way I was in the snowstorm. Everyone, I'm only looking good because everyone else is burned to the ground. Yeah, I and mean, that's a, a, that is the problem because there nobody's really taking it. Everybody's like, eh, okay,
1: well try her maybe. Right. We're like, well, we got, we don't want to, he's got a socialist. Yeah. He got Buttigieg, who's like 12 years old. I think he's rode his bike to the, yeah. the, the, the rally. Jing, <laughs> jing. I got a new bike bell, boys. <laughs> and who else are we going to have? Well, Klobuchar, we haven't heard anything bad about her yet because we haven't heard anything about her yet. <laughs> so That's let's weird. try that
0: one. I'm telling you, it is shoe shopping. They are like women shoe shopping. They're going to try them all on and in the end, they're going to go, you know, I don't think I need new shoes. <laughs> that the the sexism is there again look at that that's right Mm -hmm, that's right and i'm gonna say it coronavirus (gasps) i don't care i don't care how anti-asian that is Mm -hmm. you're supposed to call it COVID covid 19 now
2: the blaze radio network
0: on demand